0: Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.
1: From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Thursday, January 28th. I'm Jonathan All. in for Wayne Pratt. The Federal Paycheck Protection Program offered forgivable loans to businesses hurt by the coronavirus pandemic. For some St. Louis music venues, the loans were a big help. For others, they weren't. It was relatively useless because I couldn't open. PPP loans are, are designed to be used for payroll, and when you can't operate, it's, it's difficult to have payroll. Coming up, St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports on the hit-and-miss efforts to provide relief to the live music industry. Missouri Governor Mike Parson delivered his third State of the State address yesterday, delivering his remarks to a small crowd in the Senate chamber while House members watched from their offices. It was a strange twist on a ceremonial day. St. Louis Public Radio State House reporter Jacqueline Driscoll was in the Senate and has more.
0: Parson didn't waste time getting to the coronavirus.
1: This past year has brought many challenges. With a worldwide pandemic that has stressed our health care system like never before. But
0: while recognizing those hardships, the governor put together a highlight reel of his office's response.
1: We were one of the first states in the nation to submit our COVID-19 vaccine plan and have now administered nearly 400,000 doses to Missourians.
0: He did not mention, though, the state is last in the nation in the percentage of vaccines given so far. Parson says he wants to see the legislature prioritize COVID-19 liability protections in online sales tax, early childhood education, and giving state workers a raise. In Jefferson City, I'm Jacqueline Driscoll, St. Louis Public Radio.
1: Missouri Democratic leaders are criticizing Governor Mike Parson for holding an in-person State of the State address. House Minority Leader Crystal Quaid says it sets a bad example, especially with the lack of a mask requirement at the Capitol. COVID should be the number one thing that we are working on as a legislature, as, as government. And, um, you know, if those in charge are not taking it seriously, it does not give me a lot of hope. Parson defended the state's response to the pandemic in his speech, saying his administration has been fully engaged in combating the virus. Parson cited the increase in coronavirus testing, saying more than 100,000 Missourians can now be tested each week. A Maplewood man who has been living in sanctuary in a church for more than three years says that the Biden administration's initial moves to protect people from deportation has given him hope. But Alex Garcia said this week that federal officials need to enact a significant immigration overhaul to allow people in his predicament to stay in the U.S., St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. Alex Garcia felt a bout of relief after hearing that President Joe Biden had halted deportations for 100 days. But the Maplewood man who has spent years away from his wife and children says federal officials need to do more to protect those in sanctuary. Garcia says he wants the Biden administration to help him and others remain in the U.S. with their families. Garcia says everyone who is in sanctuary and other unauthorized immigrants need the government to accept them and welcome them as churches have welcomed them and give them permanent protection. Immigration lawyers say members of Congress should pay attention to the plight of those in sanctuary as they consider overhauling the nation's immigration laws. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. One out of every 20 children in Illinois have had a parent in jail or prison. That's according to a new task force report. Its goal is to ease the challenges those children can face. Christine Hatfield has more. According to the report from the task force on children of incarcerated parents, the trauma children face from parents being in jail can affect their education, along with their mental and physical health. Willette Benford says she spent over two decades in prison for a murder conviction. She says the recommendations in the report could have changed her family's life.
0: There will be no healing when children are separated from a loving parent through incarceration unless the procedures associated with those traumatic and harmful experiences change.
1: The task force is advocating for the establishment of a commission. That board would be responsible for implementing the report's recommendations, from support programs for children to changes in prison visitation policies. I'm Christine Hatfield. Hundreds of independently owned live music venues across the country have shut down for good during the coronavirus pandemic. An upcoming federal grant program offers some hope to owners of St. Louis-area music venues. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports, industry professionals are finding that there is not a one-size-fits-all solution to their pandemic problems.
0: After Congress passed its first round of pandemic relief last March, Tim Weber applied for and received an $88,000 federal loan from the new Paycheck Protection Program, or PPP, i let him keep paying the 20 full-time employees at the old rock house, Weber's Music Club in LaSalle Park, for a while before having to let most of them go. But as far as helping the business get through months and months of being closed?
1: It was relatively useless because I couldn't open. So, you know, PPP loans are, are designed to be used for payroll. And, you know, when, when you can't operate, it's it's difficult to have payroll.
0: It was an early sign that some broad-based economic relief efforts might miss big parts of the live concert industry, a slice of the economy that was the first to close back in March 2020 and will likely be among the last to get up to full speed. It's a business that works on volume, gathering as many people as possible in one place, and there's no obvious way to convert it to the equivalent of a takeout only model while still earning a profit. The pageant, a rock club in the Del Mar Loop, opened in October for limited capacity shows that tried to deliver on a humble theme.
1: A glimmer of normalcy.
0: That's managing partner Pat Hagan. He says the shows were a chance to pay artists and staff and to prove that they could be done safely, but they didn't, you know, make any money.
1: They were successful for what they were meant to be. Does that translate to success in the normal world? No. <laughs>
0: Worsening COVID numbers in the region led him to shut that series down. Many venue owners are now pinning their hopes on the Save Our Stages Act that Congress recently passed. It set aside billions of dollars for shuttered venue operators grants. They could be a lifeline for those who receive them. But even this program seems to miss a big chunk of the business. Independent contractors who provide production support, like stage lights and sound equipment. Contractors like Clancy Unlimited, based in Pacific. Kyle Vote is vice president of the company. He notes that while venues are still closed, they have no reason to hire him.
1: Giving it directly to the venues is one thing, and you know they're hurt just as well, but I guess they don't understand how our industry works because there's all kinds of different suppliers and artists that help make those venues work.
0: Nonprofit organizations that operate venues have the benefit of donors, including many patrons who chose not to ask for refunds for canceled shows. This is one reason St. Louis Symphony Orchestra, which owns its own performance space, Powell Hall, is still on its feet. It also got a boost from a $3.6 million PPP loan.
1: The way we pivoted and the way we were able to sustain our mission was through philanthropy.
0: That's President and CEO Marie Ellen Bernard.
1: Because earned revenue, um, basically, we were not generating any.
0: It's a similar story over at the Sheldon Concert Hall nearby. Leaders there are trying to work out if they qualify for the Federal Shuttered Venue Operators' Grants. As a last resort, Executive Director Peter Palermo says the organization has an ace in the hole that many venues lack, a few hundred thousand dollars in cash reserves, but he'd prefer not to touch that. You don't want to take that nest egg and spend it
1: on just keeping the lights on, but it's there. And if that's what we have to do, that's what we'll do. But it was 20 years of saving and scrimping
0: to get there, you know. Applications for the federal grants are not available yet. Money from that program could start flowing in March. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio.
1: David Casarace edited that report. The executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio is Shulan Newman, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Jonathan All, in for Wayne Pratt. And from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway.